Hello, my friends. Okay, so I think I found my little health coach twin. Um, in today's episode, I talk with Eva Rodriguez and me and her just have so much in common. It's just so amazing talking to her. So Eva is a certified holistic health and weight loss coach who helps busy, high achieving women who struggle with their weight to finally feel confident in their curves. She is a host of a top ranking fitness podcast called Uncomplicating Weight Loss, where she simplifies weight loss concepts and empowers women to believe that losing weight doesn't have to be hard. So yeah, I hope you guys are ready because in today's episode, we talk about her own self-love journey and how self-love is so important when it comes to your health and weight loss goals. And we also dive into the topic of body dysmorphia. If you guys have not heard of body dysmorphia, Eva will explain it and we'll dive a little deeper into that. But yeah, she also ends with some easy weight loss tips when it comes to, you know, trying to reach your health and fitness goals. So you're not going to want to miss this episode. And remember, if you guys just feel like you are on this constant cycle of diet after diet, still not reaching your health goals, still putting your body through all this chaos and restricting and overeating that your body just doesn't deserve and you just want to give up diets, but you still want to reach your health and fitness goals and you want to treat your body with love and compassion and be confident and give your body the nutrition and the health and the nutrients that it craves, but still eat the food, you're, the food you love. You guys, that's why I created Diet Ditchers Academy. This way you don't have to ever diet again because I give you all the steps, all the things that you actually need to know, every tool to ditch diets, to still put your health first, to make the progress you've been looking for, but this time it will be consistent, sustainable, and it'll still be fun. You won't have to cut out any food groups. You won't have to over-exercise. You don't have to do all this craziness. And, you know, I went through years and years of yo-yo dieting and over-exercising just to have my weight fluctuate up and down. And once I found food freedom, I was able to let go of all that stress to prioritize my mental health, to really put God first and still be in the best shape that I've ever been in, to really treat my body with love and compassion and enjoy the healthy foods and still eat the foods that I enjoy that, you know, diet culture has taught you, no, 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 you can't eat that. That's not true, you guys. So that's why I created Diet Ditchers Academy so we can just get rid of all these crazy diet myths and actually learn what you can do to be your healthiest, happiest, most confident self. So if you guys are ready to sign up for the six-week course, it is self-paced, don't worry. Go to thisismirandalee.com slash DDA, as in Diet Ditchers Academy, and you can look more at it for more info, or you can just sign up if you're ready to just ditch diets forever. So go check it out. All right, so let's jump into today's episode and talk with Eva. Hey, 
guys. Welcome to the Empowered Podcast, hosted by your girl, Miranda Lee. I hope you're ready to get confident, throw away the all or nothing mindset, fully surrender to God, and strive to be 1% better every day. Don't forget, you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. Alrighty, let's get this party started. Well, hello, Eva. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So today we're going to be talking about weight loss and body dysmorphia and mental health and all that stuff. So before we dive in, how about you introduce yourself, tell our listeners who you are and what you do and a little bit of your story. Yeah, of course. So my name is Eva Rodriguez. I am the host of the Uncomplicating Weight Loss Podcast. I'm a holistic health and weight loss coach, and I help women. I mostly help very busy women with helping to, them to balance their, their time and prioritize themselves, learn how to prioritize themselves and their health and their wellness and fitness. And um, I work with women mostly on losing their last 15 pounds. Um, that tends to be sometimes the hardest, the last 10 to 15 tends to be the hardest ones to lose. And um, there's a bit of a different strategy and approach to, to, to get there, especially if you're hitting a plateau. So that's my specialty. I also specialize in emotional eating psychology, which is something that I battled with for many, many years. And when I became a certified coach, I went into that and really specialized in that. And, um, and it's also helped with a lot of the clients that I work with on just working with their, their, their relationship with food, which is really, really important. A lot of things that we don't really think about is, you know, our relationship with our bodies, with food. And so the way that my approach to teaching, my approach to coaching is always coming from a place of self-love and mindfulness and, um, and holistic and a holistic approach, the mind, body, spirit approach to any transformation, whether it's your health, your fitness, your weight loss, or, or just life in general. I think that the, the most, um, effective way to get that is when you combine all three. So that's, that's kind of a little bit about me and my, my approach to, to weight loss and health. That's awesome. I, I love it. We have, we have so much in common, you know, yes. definitely, definitely like taking that holistic approach and like really prioritizing self-love and mental health in, in the weight loss journey. And, um, you know, we've talked about it before. I try not to touch on weight loss too much because I feel like in this society, people are just so obsessed with losing weight, but at the end of the day, like it's, I feel like if your head's in the right place and you have the right motivation, like there's nothing wrong with weight loss, Mm -hmm. but I just think, um, like it shouldn't always be your goal. You know what I'm saying? And, um, so that's why I'm excited to talk to you about weight loss because I, I I know that my listeners do enjoy, um, the episodes about weight loss, (laughs) but, you know, before we start talking, I just want to, um, you know, preface that, um, you know, going into this journey is not going to be a way to, um, to love yourself more through weight loss. It's not how it works. You have to love your body now before you can even love your future body. Cause we all have, we all look back at those pictures where we, you know, we looked really good and we thought we didn't look good. Mm -hmm. And, and we didn't, we didn't think we looked good at the time. So obviously weight loss isn't the answer to our problems. Um, so it's so important how to approach it. So Um, how do you think self-love really ties in with your weight loss journey and why is it so important when it comes to your health? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I love to talk about self-love because it's something that 
I learned not long ago, it was maybe a few, few years ago, really when I got into my journey, um, obviously I wasn't always a health and weight loss coach. I've been a um, human resources executive for a while. And then I transitioned into health and wellness. And I didn't even know that self-love was a thing, honestly, for, for the majority of my life up until very recently. And as I started learning about self-love, um, you know, you see the hashtags and you see the memes and all of that, and it seems so fluffy and just like, oh, you know, sure. But when I really dug into it, I started to realize that I didn't even know what it meant or how it, what it looked like. So I started looking and as I was going through my own healing journey and my own mental health journey, it was, I never knew how to love myself. So I was always beating myself up and judging myself. And if I looked in the mirror and I didn't like what I saw, um, it was just, I just went down this spiral and then everything else was, was affected by that. And it was just so detrimental for me. And I see it so much with the clients that I work with. And they say things like, I'll love myself when I lose the weight. So I'll love myself when I get there. And what I've learned is that you have to start now because it really is the foundation to everything. You cannot hate yourself down the scale. You can't beat yourself up and then think that you one day you'll arrive. You'll never arrive because the thing with that is that if you're basing your self-worth or your love for yourself on something that's extrinsic on a number on the scale or how these pants fit you, um, you'll find something else to not like about yourself. It'll literally, it's literally like a dog chasing its tail. And so it's something that I've struggled with. And because I've struggled with it so much now that I'm, and it's an ongoing thing. I'm not saying every day I wake up and I'm like, Oh, I love everything about myself. No, like there are moments where I still, I still definitely struggle. And, and that's why it's important to have the, the toolkit, you know, have your own little toolkit, whether it's affirmations, whether it's meditation, any mindfulness or whatever that may be to help kind of bring you back to center. Um, and even therapy, cause I'm, I'm, I've been in therapy for about a year. And even that has been really helpful in just like bringing me back to what really matters. And, and even when it comes to weight loss, I totally agree with you. I, um, when it comes to losing weight, it shouldn't be just like getting to that goal. And like, you're so stuck on that. And that's all you think about. It really should be more. So how can I show up the best for myself, for my family, for my loved ones? How can I be at my best health so that I can live a long and, and fruitful life, not so that I can be skinny. And that's something that I, I, never talk about things like I don't use the word skinny and fat. Like I don't use those words, even when I'm coaching clients, because that should never be the goal. It really, truly should just be your healthiest self and whatever that means for you. And that means different things to different people. And so what might be um, your ideal weight might be different from mine. And it's because we're completely different people and that's okay. And so when I, when I work with women and they're like, I want to be like my best friend, she lost 20 pounds in a month. I want to do what she did. It's like, it doesn't matter what she did. It doesn't matter how she got there because you're a completely different person. How can we get you to a place where you can accept who you are today? Because then you'll be able to accept who you are in the future. And then it's okay if you don't reach your goal because you can just make changes and do whatever you have to do, but you don't have to beat yourself up. So many times we beat ourselves up. We judge ourselves so harshly. We expect things of ourselves as if we're super women. And I, I like to say like, I'm super women, but I, I say it, you know, in jest, but it's just like, but I'm still a human and we still will have those things and those days where it's hard. And, um, and if you don't love yourself through the hard times, and if you don't love yourself, when you don't 
like what you see in the mirror, then you probably also won't love yourself once you lose the weight. It's just always going to be, you're going to be like, well, I want now I want to tone or now I want to do this. It'll always be something else. So I think it's so important to learn to love yourself through whatever transformation, because it's much easier than hating yourself through the transformation. Yeah, that, that all is, it, it's so true. And, you know, I tell my clients as well that like, you can't hate yourself into loving yourself Mm -hmm. and people need to stop viewing like their health journey or even happiness, like as a destination, people think like, I'll be happy once I get to this weight or I'll be happy once this happens or, or that happens. And the crappy part about that is it can be taken away just as easily. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you'll be happy and confident once you weigh a hundred and 15 pounds. Okay. What if you wake up the next day, a little bloated and you're 116 or 117 pounds, are you just not going to be happy? Are you not going to love yourself anymore? So it's just, people are, people attach so much to these outcomes and destinations thinking that they will be happy once they get there. But I mean, why choose to be happy for a split second when you can choose to be happy the entire journey throughout and, you know, like you were saying, it, it's, it shouldn't be like the end all be all. And then, you know, it's, it's about um, wanting to live that fruitful life. I love how you said that. That's, that's so true. And I think people think that like they can just lose weight, then love themselves when it's like, it needs to happen in the opposite order. They need to love themselves first before mm-hmm. they take the next steps. And they're like, Oh, well, that will take so much longer. And it's like, but not really because you, how many diets have, have you guys done mm-hmm. where <laughs> it's just like this constant cycle. And we always think like, this will be the one, like, this will be the one that sticks. or this will be yes. the one that I, I love myself. And this will be the one that I lose all the weight. And it's, it's never like that. So why not start with the longer journey that's actually going to stick? Yes, absolutely. And I always say, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, because I know this from like living and breathing it. Cause I used to literally beat myself up. I, I look in the mirror, I get on the scale. I'd be like, Oh man, I, I gained two pounds and see, this is why. And then you go and you spiral. It's like, this is why I can never do it. This is why you know, I'm so inconsistent. I can't stick to anything. Nothing works for me. And that just, it messes with your mind so much. And the thing for what a lot of the diet industry <clears throat> doesn't teach us is that it's the mindset part that is the biggest hurdle. It's, it's easy to eat, follow a meal plan. It's easy to follow an exercise plan. The hard part is the mindset. And so that's why rooting yourself in self-love and self-acceptance is that like, for me, it's the missing key for a lot of people because it's not healthy or productive or sustainable to, to hate yourself down the scale or to just beat yourself up or to be mean, to even be mean to yourself. Hate's a strong word, right? Some people are like, I don't hate myself. Just sometimes I don't like myself. Even being mean to yourself. And I think for me, that's also been a struggle as well because I can be very hard on myself sometimes and even certain words that we use to describe ourselves or to talk to yourself and that sort of thing. I know you're big on affirmations and I love that because I'm the same way. It's like affirming and some people resist it. It's like, well, what if I don't believe it? What if I don't believe the affirmation, right? Because they're not quite there yet. And what I always say is you don't have to go from like negative to positive. You can sometimes just go to neutral and neutral will help you feel better. You know, instead of, I hate my legs, I have legs that get me where I need to go. Like that might be like the ladder that you need to like get to. I, I, I love and appreciate my legs, right? It might take a little bit longer to get there, but 
I think most of the time, the mindset blocks that we have when it comes to weight loss and even transforming our health is, um, is grounded in that lack of self-love and self-acceptance. But that's the part, like you'll never see the diet industry say, oh, and love yourself while you, you know, follow this meal plan and count your points and do all of these things. It's because that's not going to put money in their pockets. Obviously it's really the inside job, right? So I always say like self-love and transformation, all that, that's all an inside job. It really is like what you think about yourself. And then it comes down, it trickles down to like how you feel, right? How you think affects how you feel. And then that affects how you act and it affects the results that you have in your life. And so that's, these are all the things like the little, the, the nuances that I think a lot of people kind of skip over because they just want to get there. They just want to get to like that goal or that, um, that, that destination. And as you said, it's the journey, the journey is what's going to matter. And then to be sustainable, because sure, you can lose weight really fast. You'll also gain it back really fast as well. If you don't do the mindset work, if you don't do the inner work. So it's so, so important to start with if you struggle with self-love, I always say, just start with accepting who you are, just accepting yourself exactly the way you are. doesn't matter what anyone says or thinks or social media, because that's all, that's all usually a, a, a smokes and mirror anyway. Right. So it doesn't matter about anything. It's all about you. And if you can start coming from a place of like, I just accept myself and I'm, it's okay to want to make changes. It's okay to want to improve. I think that's another thing that I like to talk about when we talk about self-love is some people will think, well, how do you, you know, it's, it's kind of, they think it's, it's um, contradictory. It's like, how do I love myself if I want to change myself, right? If I want to, if I want to lose weight, if I want to get healthier, how can I love that version of myself? And what I always say is you have to start with who you are. You have to start with right now because you don't know who you're going to be in three months. You don't know who you're going to evolve into. So if you, if you try to say, I'll do it then, well, you don't know what's going to happen then. So you do have to start today. And it doesn't mean I want to make changes. So that means I don't love myself. No, it means I want to make changes because I love myself. I want to get healthy because I love myself. I want to start moving my body because I want to be able to play with my kids when they're older and, and, and chase them around or do whatever, you know, just the basic functional things, right? I want to be able to do that because I love myself and because I love my loved ones. So it's all encompassing. I think when I look at self-love, it's like, it starts with you and then it just radiates to everybody else around you. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like the way, like, I think it's amazing how like this whole diet culture and social media culture is kind of making this shift, um, to, you know, self-love and, um, body positivity. And like you said, the step before body positivity is definitely body acceptance, but there's still like some things I see where it's kind of like, we just went from one extreme to another. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like in a way where it's like, you shouldn't like, you shouldn't count your macros. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Like, um, I don't know, like you shouldn't lose weight. And it's kind of like, I feel like, like there's this happy medium. Like when I work with clients, I'm not going to have them count calories or count macros, but you know, I even have an episode on it. Like counting your calories and macros isn't bad, but it's kind of like, what's your motivation behind doing it? You know, like if your goal for yourself is to do like a bodybuilding show, mm -hmm. like you're going to have to count your calories and macros, but every bodybuilder knows that this is not a forever thing. It's not healthy long-term, like same with marathons. Like mm -hmm. that is a great goal to have, but that is hard on your body. If that's something you want to do like every day, mm -hmm. I think it's just kind of like 
like, I think the, you know, the self-love behind it, like you're talking about, and, you know, I talk a lot about like motivation and drive, like, why are you doing this? You know, why do you want to lose weight? Um, why are you deciding to count your calories or count your macros? I mean, probably nine times out of 10, you shouldn't be, I mean, at least with, you know, the people I, I work with, but like people just really like to label things as like good or bad. And I noticed the shift in, you know, this anti-diet movement that I, that I absolutely love, but it's kind of like, whoa, 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 nothing is wrong with, you know, wanting to better yourself, um, wanting to go on this health journey to be healthier. I think, um, you know, we all just need to find that, that healthy balance. And like you were saying in the beginning, like we're all so different. And that's what I tell my clients. I'm like, you know, the things that I eat, like you can't necessarily eat, like I enjoy being plant-based, but that's because it's my preference. I would never tell someone like you can only, you know, lose weight or be healthy or have energy if you're plant-based, like, no, Mm -hmm. everyone's so, so different. So I think that's like one of the most important parts is like realizing like, you kind of have to like date yourself to see what you like, what works for you and, you know, and then go from there. Absolutely. And I love like we have very similar philosophies because I don't count calories or macros or any of that. I'm very much intuitive and mindful eating. Mm-hmm. And I think it works. It works for me. And so it works for a lot of my clients, but I also have clients that are like, I just need you to tell me exactly what to eat because otherwise I know they'll be like, I don't trust myself. So like not, and that's okay too, because we are all bio individuals. So what might work for me or might not work for you might not work for the next person. That's why when someone comes to me and they're like, my friend did keto or whatever, and it worked. And it's like, I want to try it. It's like, let's make sure this is something that you can do for the long term. Let's make sure it's sustainable. Let's make sure that you're going to want to eat these foods. Um, I had a client that would, um, we discovered as I was working with her that she, her body just did not like meat. And she didn't even realize until I started having her journal. I said, tell me how you feel after you eat certain foods. And like, literally tell me like, what is your body telling you? And she was like, I real." so we looked at her journal and she's like, I realized every time I have a, like a burger or a steak or something, I feel really sick. I feel really lethargic. And I didn't realize it until I put it, literally wrote it down on paper. I said, see, this is why awareness is, is that missing key for a lot of people. It's like, you think that because you've been eating it for so long, it's fine, but you don't realize when you really start to tap into like your signals and your cues, your body will always tell you what it needs. It's just, we don't pay attention most of the time. That's just all that is. It's like, we were like, oh, it's like on ignore, right? But most of the time your body's going to give you feedback on what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And so it's important to keep that in mind that just because it works for one person doesn't mean it'll work for someone else. So these like huge, like you know, trendy things that we see coming out. It's like, it sure it might work and it might even work for 30 days or 45 days or whatever, you know, but what happens afterwards? So my approach holistically is like, let's make this a lifestyle change. Let's make, let's get you eating foods that you can eat literally for the rest of your life, not for the next four weeks, not because you're trying to get into a dress, but literally something that you can do for the rest of your life. And that might take longer. And I think because we're so instant gratification, it's like, no, I want to lose it now. And it's like, you can, however, you'll probably gain it just as fast, right? So let's approach it in a more holistic and doable and sustainable way where it's like, you can feel good for the long term. And, and, 
what I learned as I was getting my health coaching certification, it's, you know, uh, one person's, um, food could be another person's poison. And that's so very true. So it's like, we don't know, you know, your, your own body's chemistry, right? I also, I always encourage women to, you know, get your lab work done, get tested, go to your doctors once a year, know what's going on with your body, because you can guess all day long, but you never know. Like I just got um, my, my yearly labs done, found out I have a lot of sugar in my blood. I was like, uh Oh, I didn't realize that. Right. I would have never known that if I wouldn't have, you know, stayed up to date with my, just like, that's all part of self-care and self-love. It's knowing exactly what's going on at all times. So now I'm like, all right, my sugar's a little high. I have to cut out sugar, you know? And it's because for me, that's all it takes. It's like, I want to live a long life. I have a, a, a son. I want to see him, you know, be successful and have children and all of that. That means today where I am today, I have to make the best choices, but you can't make um, smart choices for yourself. If you don't even know where you, where you stand. Right. So all of that also comes back to self-love, self-care of just like knowing yourself, like you said, dating yourself, right. Get to know yourself, understand what foods feel good, understand what exercises feel good. Right. Some people try to force themselves into doing things like, you know, Oh, like everybody does, you know, rides the, the, the bike, the soul cycle, the Peloton, all that. What if you don't enjoy it? Like, right. Like what if it, it makes my butt hurt, right? I don't really like to sit on a bike for 35 minutes. Like I don't enjoy it. Right. So if I tried to force myself to do that, I would be begrudgingly working out. Right. And then that's not sustainable. And that it's very easy to be like, uh, this is hard. And so for me, when I, um, because the name of my podcast is uncomplicating weight loss, it's like, it's, let's not make it so complicated. If you don't enjoy eating a certain food, don't eat it. If you don't enjoy a certain exercise, don't do it. You know, no one is making you do those things and you shouldn't make yourself do it either because all you're doing is basically setting yourself up to fail. And then it spirals into all of these, like the negative self-talk. And it's like, no, it's not even, it's not even you. It's just your preferences are different. And if you understand yourself and if you understand what you like and what you don't like, obviously be open-minded and try new things, of course. Right. But just because it works for someone else doesn't mean that that is the holy grail and we all must do it. And I think that's where a lot of, um, a lot of us kind of go, go kind of go astray when it comes to this journey of, of health and, and wellness. It's, it's, it's going after like what other people are doing when really it's finding out, it goes back to self-love. What makes you feel good? What makes you feel grounded and whole and, and centered? What makes you feel what foods make you feel good when, after you eat them. Right. And, and that's how you're able to really determine and, and come up with your own protocol with the foods that you will and won't eat. Right. Come up with the, your own exercise routines of like, I really enjoy um, lifting weights. I don't enjoy taking, you know, riding a bike. So then that doesn't have to be part of my thing. Maybe I'll get on the treadmill. Maybe I'll go take a walk. You know, those are the different ways that we can really make it individualized and not feel like it has to be this like pushing this boulder up a hill all the time when you're trying to make this transformation, because it really doesn't have to be that complicated. But I think we just allow it to become very complicated with all of the, the messaging that we get from everywhere, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree. And um, yeah, that's one thing I, I tell my clients as well, like, if you don't like getting on the bike, or if you don't like, you know, weightlifting, or if you don't like this or that, like, don't do it. And the best part is like, you can try it and see if you like it or not. Yeah. You know? And it's like, like, you don't have to pick the thing that like burns the most calories. Cause right. like, I'll, I'll say all the time, like, you know, what burns the most calories, like 
sprinting uphill for like an hour, but you'll probably <laughs> never do it more than once. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and like, I think people do that with diets too. Like they'll do these crazy diets for 30 days and like, yeah, but I'll lose the most weight. And it's like, okay, but are you going to be happy? Because it's kind of this weird cycle of like, you want to lose weight to be happy, but you're going to do it in a way that doesn't make you happy. So then like, what's the point of doing it? Like, why not be happy during the journey as well? And, you know, like, like we're saying, you know, eat foods that you like exercise, like with things that you enjoy. And, you know, it's still going to take discipline and hard work. And, you know, there's going to be like, you know what, I'm not feeling like I want to work out today, but I know it's just because I'm being lazy. I'm going to get in the gym and do it every way. Like, anyways, like we're not saying it's going to be easy, but it shouldn't be miserable. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it should be like, okay, once you, you know, get in the gym and get going, you're like, all right, like I'm having fun. Like this is fun. Like you shouldn't be dreading it the whole time, yes, you know? Agree. agree. So let's get into the topic of body dysmorphia. So b- before we completely dive into that. Can you explain to our listeners, like what exactly is body dysmorphia? Yeah. So from, for my understanding and the way that I, it's been diagnosed for me, it's basically when you become very fixated with a certain part of your body or with your body um, to the point where it becomes very detrimental to your mental health. And so the way that it has shown up and it, it manifested for me, um, and I didn't, I didn't know I even had this until I started therapy about a year ago. It's that for me, when I look in the mirror, there are times when I don't necessarily recognize who I see. So um, it's, it's kind of a, a method. It's a bit of a disassociation for me where, um, and sometimes I look at pictures as my, of myself as well. It depending on just, it's, it's very much in, in my mind, right? It's very much as like mentally, I don't necessarily recognize what I see or I will, I will kind of hone in on something and obsess about it, like literally obsess about this one thing. Like I'll see like, oh, it looks like I have, like today I have like extra cellulite on my thighs or something, or it'll be like, you know, um, my stomach is sticking out more than normal. And I will literally hone in on that and fixate on it. And, um, and it takes me down this like very, very dark downward spiral where I start to just like really be really hard on myself, really judge myself and all that. I didn't realize that I had this. So apparently I've had this for quite some time. Um, but my therapist pointed it out to me when um, when I first started working with her and it just like started telling her all these things. And I'm like, sometimes I look in the mirror and I absolutely hate what I see. And it goes right back to the whole self-love journey, right? And it's like, and it's so bizarre because it comes out of nowhere and it's very, um, <clears throat> it almost feels like a different person for me. And that's when she started educating me on what dysmorphia is. And we've worked on it with cognitive behavioral therapy is what we do. So it's um, CBT. And so um, we've definitely been working on that for quite some time. I think that for me, maybe um, I've been trying to kind of see like when it started, I've always been an emotional eater um, ever since I was like a little girl, ever since maybe uh, I I can remember maybe being like seven or eight years old and just like literally stuffing myself with cookies because I didn't, um, because I'd be sad or because I had a bad day at school or I was getting bullied or, um, I, you know, my friends stopped being friends with me or whatever, you know, silly stuff that happens in elementary school. And I remember seeing my mom also doing this. So I, it was learned behavior from her. Um, so my mom suffered from anxiety and depression. Um, my sister died when I was four and she had just turned six. So we had, um, our, our family was just very, just grief stricken for, for very many years. And it was never resolved. Like we never like got, you know, therapy for it. We never really addressed it. And so I learned from watching my mom, um, that, you know, when you're sad, you eat, right. And if you eat sweet stuff, it makes you feel better. And so 
I, that's how my emotional eating struggle started at a very, very young age. And so I think it probably all started from there and it just kind of continued to manifest. And when I became really much, very much going into like the health and, and fitness industry, I became a health coach and I became a personal trainer. I remember when I first became a personal trainer, I still uh, wanted to lose about 20 pounds. And so I was in this um, kind of like a mastermind group with other trainers and a lot of these women were like bikini bodybuilders, right? And so I remember looking at them and thinking, I don't look like that, right? And so then that also kind of um, started as well, kind of like in my mind, like, I don't look like that. I can't be a personal trainer or a health coach until I look like that. And so that was another kind of spiral that started with me. And this is maybe like three years ago or so. Um, and that was really difficult for me because again, it was, I would just like hone in on just like all of my flaws. And it was just a very, just, a, it, it put me in a, such a dark place for so many, for so many years, really, um, as I, even as I tried to start um, helping other women, I, I had this feeling of, I'm not there yet. You know, like I'm not perfect yet. And so mm -hmm. you kind of become obsessed with like this, like perfection of, and, and that's so, that doesn't, it means nothing because it means something different for everyone. But I just, I would look at other people, I would compare myself and then that would stop me from even putting Putting myself out there, right? It would stop me from looking for clients. It would stop me from, um, from it stopped me from launching my podcast. It stopped me for so many things because I was like, well, I don't look like that, and that so no one's gonna want to work with me because I don't have like the perfect six pack abs, you know, or and that sort of thing. And so that was something that, it, in the moment though, I didn't know it was that. I thought it was just I'm just insecure, or I just thought it's like I just need to work harder. But as I started working with my therapist, she started to really help me understand that it's it's not anything about anything else. It's really what I see in the mirror is not what anybody else sees and having to work with like my connection with myself, having to work with, again, self-acceptance, right? Um, a lot of mindfulness is, is part of like my therapy when it comes to that. It's just like when I do feel myself kind of going there, um, it gets very much triggered. Um, since we're being very transparent, I get very triggered when I do photo shoots because, um, and I do them like once every three months for my business, you know, like to promote the business and, and all of that. And um, whenever I do photo shoots, I find myself, and now that I have the tools, I catch it. So it's great. So if anyone has any struggles with this, I highly, highly recommend therapy because it's the only way that I've been able to just at least come to grips with it and be able to even talk about it. Um, it's um, when I have photo shoots, preparing for photo shoots really, really triggers me. And then getting the pictures back really triggers me too. So I remember the last time I, um, I did my photo shoot back in, I believe in November. Um, so about three months ago. And I remember when I first, she sends me all the pictures, I the, the, immediately I'm looking at them. And the first thought that I had was, who is that? It was like the, the strangest thing. It was like, who is that? And it's me. It's, I'm literally looking at myself, but it's that disassociation, right? It's like in, in my mind, it's like, that's not me. And then it takes me like two minutes to like ground myself and say, no, that, that is me. And, and then I, then I, then it immediately where my mind wants to go is nitpicking, right? I'm going through each picture. I'm like, I don't like this one because of this. I don't like this one because of that. And I had to bring myself. And now that I have the, the tools, I, I bring myself kind of back to center of just like, yes, that's me. Yes, I have flaws. Nobody is perfect. And that's okay. You know, it's, it's the, 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 this, and is, is what I've had to learn because in the past it would be, I've had, before I even knew that I had, that I had dysmorphia. Um, I remember doing photo shoots and I'd be like, I don't like any of them. We have to start over you know, and it's just like, and they would be probably fine. But in my mind, I just could not get past that one little flaw. And I would fixate on that. And it's just so, um, 
it's just, it's such a, such a rough journey. And I think that, um, I'm so grateful that I, when I started therapy, it wasn't for that. It's so funny. It wasn't for that. It was actually for depression (laughs) when I started therapy. But when I, um, as I, as I kept talking to her, she's like, Eva, what you have is called body dysmorphia. And I was like, what? I never heard of that. Hmm?" Um, and as I started getting older, I also had another kind of triggering moment. Um, when I turned so I turned 40 um, in August and I had a really difficult time with even saying that, even telling people my age, because for, for, for a long time, um, no one thinks that I'm my age, like, oh, you look so much younger. And I, I kind of like that made me feel validated in some way, right? Of just like, yes, I don't look my age, right? And um, and I was also in a relationship at the time with someone that had a huge issue with my age because he wanted to have children and he thought that I was too old to have more children, even though I'm not. So it was very weird and it was bizarre, but that also was a trigger for me where it was just like, oh man, I just turned 40. People are going to think I'm old. People aren't going to want to work with me. People, you know, like it's kind of like, the, again, the whole spiral thing that goes on. And um and that was a struggle as well of just like me focusing on like, do I have wrinkles now? Oh my gosh. And then, so if I see a little bit of a wrinkle anywhere I, I, in the mirror, I'm like, oh, I have to do something about that. So again, it's just this way of just um, this, this fixation on like your appearance that no one else sees. And that really could be like the smallest little thing. And it's, it's something that I, I, what I've been learning about is it can very much trigger eating disorders. It can very much trigger emotional eating, binge eating, all of those things. And just like the self-loathing, which goes right back to what we were first talking about is why self-love and self-acceptance is so, so, so important because, um, I I'm still struggling with it, but if I didn't have at least that foundation, I think that it could have become even worse, right? Where it could have been to a place where I could have probably, um, you know, caused some sort of harm or some sort of thing, even inadvertently because of, of the way that my mind was kind of like receiving these messages. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's been my journey. I've never talked about it anywhere before. So, um, it's an exclusive here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate you so much as being so transparent about it. Cause I know this is something that probably a lot of people really struggle with. So for, you know, those out there who are struggling with it, I know, your first tip is go to therapy. Like, I think therapy is amazing. I see a therapist as well. And um, I guess what are some of the other tips and, you know, tools that you have in your toolbox to help you when you're noticing that you're having these thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, mindfulness has been the key in all of this. And it's something that even before I started working with my therapist, I was already doing a lot of it because I teach mindfulness and I'm certified in it as well. But when she started to, to show me these things, she's like, you have to lean on your mindfulness a lot more now, especially when you get triggered. So, so I think the, the, Number one, obviously, yes, therapy, um, CBT therapy is really helpful for this. And also um, finding the mindfulness tools that work best for you. So for me, meditation is huge. And so is EFT. So when I started to so emotional freedom technique, which I'm also um, certified in, as I, I started doing that and I was like, I love this. I need to get certified in it so I can teach other people. That's also really helpful, especially on days when I can't. So if I'm very, very rattled and if I'm very much like high emotions, sometimes it's hard for me to be like, okay. Hey, let me meditate. You know, <laughs> you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, wait a minute, I am way too uh, up here and trying to bring myself back down to just like sit in silence for 10 minutes is very difficult. And so that's where like 
deep breathing exercises will get come in really handy and doing EFT. So as you're doing EFT, you're literally tapping on your meridian points. That's like a physical and like mental and spiritual and kind of like um, the energy healing, all of that all kind of comes together. So as I'm tapping through, so if I'm like in this heightened state of, of trauma or heightened state of trigger, um, I start tapping on my meridian points and I start doing all of this, that also kind of gets me out of my head and kind of back into like me into myself so if I start to feel myself um I did it when I when the photo shoot happened a few months ago and I was and I was like who is that oh that's me wait a minute I don't like what I see then I just started tapping you know and it's like and and the the setup statement for me is always like even though I don't like what I see right now I still deeply and completely love and accept myself and I say that three times and I just start kind of tapping through my emotions that's been so so helpful for me and then at the end of the tapping then I can breathe right then I can take a deep breath then I can because it brought me out of like that whole fight or flight you know trauma response that I go into um so those are the two big big things that I I would recommend um for anyone that that struggles with 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 anything having to do with just like body image dysmorphia or even just like your relationship with yourself and like when if you don't like what you see in the mirror right it's just getting to that place of just if you can't get to love just get to neutral acceptance you know um and it is a journey and it is something that if it's something that any of your listeners are struggling with absolutely professional help is the best way to go because a professional will help you not only help you kind of come up with the tools that will work for you because again the whole individual thing like somebody might say oh i'm you know when i it, it maybe journaling will help you sometimes i'll do that but again if i'm in a very very high high heightened state um tapping works really well for me, but it could be anything, right? It could be anything that helps you just kind of bring you out of that um, disassociatedness in your head and back into yourself. Because it's literally, I'm sometimes when I'm having these triggered moments, I don't feel like myself. It really is like coming like outside of my body sometimes. And so it's just coming back in, like coming back into that grounded centered space. Um, and that, and then after that, it passes, but it's something that you know, my therapist tells me, she's like, you'll probably deal with this for the rest of your life, right? So it's just really something that you have to learn to manage. So as long as you have the tools of mindfulness, of self-care, of, you know, whatever, well, even if it's like leaving the situation and going to get fresh air, right? Because sometimes that's all it takes. If it's especially like, if it's like you've been stuck in the house and then you're just stuck in your own thoughts, right? Like your thoughts are just kind of circulating around you. How can you break that? You know, something, another, another thing my therapist says is if I'm ever in a very um, heightened place, like putting my hand in really, really cold water because that'll jolt you, right? Little like literally like your nervous system will be like, okay, something just happened, right? And it takes you out of that space. Um, so little things like that, like whatever will work for it for the individual person, I think. But again, it's important to know what will work for you, right? Like some people hate meditation. They're like, I just can't sit still. Then don't do it. But, you know, we can work on that. We can work on like learning how to do it. But if that's not going to work and it's not, that's not going to get you out of that state, then try something else. So it's important to have different things that you can do that you can kind of pull out for different different circumstances essentially yeah I, I love that I know especially for me when you know if I'm having these negative thoughts looking in the mirror what works for me the most was literally realizing like okay this is just a thought it doesn't mean it, it's true like it's yes. literally like it's just a thought mm -hmm. and you know I, I say a lot that you know you can't control your first thought but you can control your second one yes. so so you're not gonna be able to control that first thought but it's like what are you gonna do with your second one and like you were saying earlier you, you having that and statement like you know and it's okay or you know anything like that and you know I think 
awareness is just so big. You know, so many people probably look in the mirror and say these mean things about themselves. And like, literally, it's so normal that they probably don't even recognize it. So Mm -hmm. I think like the first step for everyone is really just being aware, like, what do you tell yourself daily? Because these things aren't necessarily true. It's just when you tell yourself something every day, like you're going to believe it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's why don't we just reshape and rewire our brain and and what we tell it or at least just recognize like, just because I'm saying it doesn't mean it's true. Exactly. Exactly. And also <clears throat> I think when, you know, the, the words we say that our, our self-talk is so important um, to, to note, it's what I like to say when I'm, when I'm teaching this to my clients is, you know, would you say those things to the person you love the most? Right. And, and it's usually no. So for me, it's my son. Um, would I say the things, some of the things that I say to myself when I'm in that very heightened triggered state, would I say that to my son? Never. Absolutely not. Right. Would you say that to your best friend? Would you say that to your spouse? Would you say that to, to anyone that you have love for, uh, if, you know, saying things like, oh, you know, you could, you could probably, you know, stand to lose a few more pounds or you probably should, you know, would you say that? Would you speak to them in that tone? No, you wouldn't. So it's the same thing. <clears throat> Talk to yourself in that same way and catch yourself. And sometimes I have to catch myself as well. If I see that I'm, I'm starting to like go down that spiral, it's like, nope, I'm not going to say that. And I will literally be like, I am so sorry, Eva. And I will apologize to myself. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that because I don't mean it. It's just a thought that I'm having. And your thoughts are not facts. They're literally just a thought and you can change your thoughts. You let the one thing that we, the difference between us and animals is that we can actually control our thoughts. We can actually control the way that, that we act upon our thoughts. So you can definitely choose a better thought that makes you feel better. It doesn't have to be the self-loathing, the, um, the negativity it doesn't have to be any of that. You can literally choose to catch yourself and say, no, I'm actually not going to continue with that thought. I'm going to choose to think this instead, and it can be positive or it can be neutral, but it doesn't have to be negative because negative is not serving you. It's only hurting you and you wouldn't hurt your, your, the person you love the most on purpose. So stop hurting yourself on purpose. Exactly. I I say it all the time. Like you're the only person that you spend a hundred percent of your life with. So you might as well, you know, treat yourself like your own best friend and, um, you know, learn to love, love yourself because you're the only person that you have to spend this much time with. So, you know, so why not? So, so where can our listeners reach out and connect with you and, you know, um, just, listen to your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So um, my podcast is Uncomplicating Weight Loss. It is on all the major uh, podcast platforms. And you can find me on Instagram at it's Eva Rodriguez. Awesome. I'll put those in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on. It was such a great conversation. And you know, we have so much in common. So I love that we share a very similar mission. So thank you. Thank you so much, Miranda. Isn't Eva just great? I think it is just so amazing to meet someone else who really wants to empower other women to be confident in their bodies because you guys, there is no reason why we shouldn't be confident in the body we have now, the body we will have tomorrow, the body we had yesterday. There is so much to be confident about. There's so much to love and there is no reason why you shouldn't love your body at all of its phases and everything that it goes through because it sticks with you the entire time. It is so important to just learn how to be your best friend, how to love yourself, and just remember you are the only person you are going to spend 
100% of your life with. So you might as well like yourself, love yourself, and just be compassionate and kind towards your body. You guys deserve it. All right. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day and rest of your week, and I will catch you in the next episode.